Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. Nobody goes this far with coverage of yesterday's games. We came in for a mission. The ride has blanketed the NFL with many hills, four deep thoughts. And the coverage is now four deep. Four deep thoughts. Well, we have no Manny Hill. But that will not stop. No, uh, Reavers and I are filling in on the four deep thoughts on an NFL Sunday. Uh, Manny will be back tomorrow. and uh, But we have, you know, the public has come to expect Absolutely. four deep thoughts at 4 o'clock on Monday during the NFL season. So here they are. I don't think it was anything in particular, just uh, more of an awareness of where the open guys were. And I think Gronk came down with a bunch of great plays. So... He's been a great player for us since he got to our team, and he obviously played great today. So it was a, a great win for our team, just what we needed. And uh, who do you get? In the that running? was Tom Brady discussing both the sideline altercation that he got into with Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator. Oh, really? During the game. I didn't see that. One. Oh, yeah, okay. it got a little heated, but basically he just said he, he turned it into praising Gronk, probably okay. knowing that Gronk was going to get into a little trouble yes, in and the Gronk league, ended and he did. Up getting suspended for taking the dive on the guy who ended up in concussion protocol. Yes, right? he did, and the well, fact that he only got one game. He he Gronk said. He was frustrated at the lack of calls for the rough play against him during the course oh, of the game against okay. Buffalo yesterday. Okay, well, that's uh, I am surprised he only got one, but I don't think he's got a tradition. Of no, I, I believe that is his that's first suspension. Uh, Tom Brady went twenty-one of thirty for two hundred and fifty yards in a twenty-three to three victory over the Buffalo Bills for New England, which has now won, uh, also won eight in a row, just like the Vikings, right? Mm-hmm. Eight in a row. They both have eight-game winning streaks. And the same record, right? They've lost two. They, they, mm-hmm. they They're 10-2. and two. They yep. got lost their opener. And uh, Brady went 21 for 30, 258. He had an interception. He's now, for his career, 27-3 and three versus the Buffalo Bills. That's amazing. And that breaks Brett Favre's NFL record for most wins by a quarterback against one opponent, which would be? The Vikings? No, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. They, what, they didn't lose at home? home for like 20 for, years <laughs> didn't, didn't Detroit beat him at home last year or something they hadn't lost at home to him for a hundred years uh so Brady uh and by the way while the Vikings are 10 and 2 and looking great 
their path to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to beat two good teams, right? Yeah. They're going to have to beat two good teams. The yes. Rams are good. The Eagles are good. The Saints are good. They're not going to get a second-round team that's uh, stiff, I don't think, right? They're no, because be even Carolina, if Carolina or Seattle yeah, finds Carolina. a way, but I don't think Seattle, they will. Seattle be tough. Even Atlanta would be tough, I think. But I don't think Carolina's very good. But New England is the cakewalk, isn't it? Who, who's competitive with Pittsburgh? Them? Pittsburgh is yeah, okay. Maybe Pittsburgh. Maybe Pittsburgh. Yeah. By the way, you mentioned that stat about wins, but Brady also has 14 of those wins. In Buffalo, I believe they they were showing a stat yesterday during that broadcast. So he has more the, wins. The only two quarterbacks in that series are like Jim Kelly and another long-standing Bills. Did quarterback. Rex ever beat him when he was in Buffalo? He beat him a couple of well, times they, with the Jets. They did, they did but it, it was the, it was last year when Brady was suspended. Brady was, okay, yeah, that was All the right. only win that they had. That's right. He lost. Uh, he lost one here because uh, yes. he's twenty-seven and three. By the way, their key, their their new running back is that kid from Nebraska from five years ago, Rex Burkhead. Yeah, Burkhead. They just they find him on the street, man. That's unbelievable. Third down and goal at the one foot line. Matt Forte, the lone setback. Quarterback sneak. Josh McCown. Is he in? Jets move the pile. They think it's a touchdown. Here come the officials. No signal yet. It is a Jet touchdown. Josh McCown forces his way into the end zone. Two minutes and ten seconds to go. And the Jets have the lead back. What happened to Kansas City? Kansas City Chiefs have now lost six out of seven. They were 5-0, and oh, the last unbeaten team. And nobody was accusing them of being a super team, but everybody thought they were good. And here's the deal. Uh, Alex Smith had a good day. Yeah, he had four Alex touchdowns. Smith threw for four touchdowns, had a good day. But their defense has gone completely in the tank. Uh, they uh, gave up to Josh McCowan, lit him up for 331 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Matt Forty also ran for two touchdowns. And Jermaine Curse had nine catches for 157 yards. They had two receivers catch uh, over 100 yards. That dropped the Chiefs to 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, the Chargers didn't really look worth a damn, even though Phillip Rivers passed for 344 yards, but they still beat the Cleveland Browns 19-10. to 10. They're 6-6. Six and six. And the Oakland Raiders, who've been a flop, basically, uh, Marshawn Lynch ran 51 yards for a touchdown, had his first 100-yard rushing game for Oakland. They beat the Giants 24-7 at home. Eli didn't start. They're 6-6. Six and six. The only team out of it in the AFC West is Denver, which lost its eighth in a row. Oh, they're, and they and got not drubbed. only lost eighth in a row, they got hammered <laughs> by, by the Dolphins. 35 to 9. The Dolphins had lost five in a row. And Trevor Simeon went 20 for 42 for 219 yards and three interceptions. And you know what? You said this last week. You're right. Vance Joseph's going to last one year no, in Denver. He's done. Yeah. He's done. Yeah. Well, good, good luck, son. I'm a dog story. That's all. You know, that's all we did. I think it's something that sells hope for people. You know, it's realistic. It's, it's relatable. You know, people want to know about it. People want to know. And I feel like I said before, if it's, if it's in the right context, in the right way, I have no problem to the muscle. Josh Gordon talking about his redemption story in Cleveland. This guy is a monster. Yes. 6'3", 225. 
They tried to throw 11 passes to him yesterday as he came back. Uh, first game since, uh, I don't know when, how many years? I think years it was here? 2015 20, uh, or it's 2014. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, he, uh, yeah, well, uh, our good buddy Libby uh, wrote a great column on him. We're going to talk to Libby tomorrow about him and some other uh, things. But he, uh, Sports Illustrated, had a uh, piece last week in which he admitted to an incredible number of crimes. Mm -hmm. He also admitted to taking drugs and smoking dope before every game he ever played. Uh, lasted two years at Baylor, got booted there, went to Utah, never played at Utah, ended up being a second-round draft choice. He came back last night or uh, yesterday afternoon and was all they had on offense. The guy's fantastic, six foot three, 225 pounds. But he's a knothead, and uh, nobody should put uh, too much uh, stock in the fact that he's going to uh, turn the Browns into a threat here. Russell takes the time, looks over the top. He's got a man, McKissick. Touchdown, Seahawks. McKissick was one-on-one, -on -one, I believe. A little slant and go, and he threw it. Did Russell right over the top. 15 yards, the Seahawks go on top 23 to 10. I thought Russell was spectacular tonight. The, the stuff that he was able to create, it doesn't really show up in the stats as much as just an amazing night of football. That uh, was fun to watch, and I loved it. MVP, MVP, yep, Russell Wilson, right. 20 out of 31, uh, 227 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, and uh, many, many big plays. And Seattle, as I think most of us thought they probably were going to do, beat the Eagles 24-10. to 10. That gives the Vikings uh, the number one seed in the NFC at this moment based on a tiebreaker. But the Eagles now got to go play the Rams. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, they got a tougher game than the Vikings do this week. It's sitting there for the Vikings. If they win at Carolina, they're going to be the number one seed in the NFC. But Russell Wilson. I don't want him coming in here to play you uh, indoors. No, he's already uh, proven these, that he can do it in here. In the second round of the playoffs. Uh, I, I think he's the MVP of the league. We'll be back uh, and talk uh, more about the Viking game. was back it looked like last week uh against tampa bay he caught nine passes for 253 yards uh a lot of uh, long ones uh xavier rhodes getting plenty of help from harrison smith uh they basically the vikings came into that game yesterday and said we're gonna shut down julio uh, ben gessley who we'll talk to later pointed out in his story that they uh, used basically the same strategy they used against Odell Beckham last October against the Giants. They just took him out of the mm -hmm. game and let the uh, the uh, Falcons figure something out. What their wide receivers catch? That Sanu, who's not strictly a wide receiver, caught three. Uh, uh, Jones had two, and, two then, and I think one other. And the what's rest his name? Uh, Eighteen. Eighteen's his number. I can't remember his dump name. Dump offs to running. To, uh, they had to throw to the tight end that Hooper. Hooper. Yep. And they uh, threw a couple of the running backs. Absolutely uh, destroyed them. You know who made when, a couple of nice plays of that secondary that I never thought I'd say? Mackenzie Alexander. He had a couple of nice breakups yesterday. That, he's that, uh, apparently getting better. 
uh, as the slot guy. They they still have him and Newman. But we talked about that uh, last week about how that's the Zimmer strategy. He drafts talent and makes it wait until he trusts it, right, mm-hmm. to put it on the field. And he did that with Alexander. But uh, this is a the, – the defensive performance against the Rams two weeks ago was impressive. But that was at home. I think this is uh, one of the most impressive defensive games this team has played in years. Uh, They basically, they had Freeman back, and Freeman had a decent day running. I think they might have gotten away with a little blow to the head there on that one run. Well, that uh, and uh, that holding call that negated that 20-some-yard run by Freeman in the first half, that was mm -hmm. a huge call that benefited the Vikings. I was surprised Rhodes didn't get called there, and the uh, Falcons didn't like it too well. No, they did not. And Quinn was uh, screaming a little bit. Our guy, Johnny, was saying that he was monitoring the Falcons broadcast Uh via satellite radio, and they were... uh, um, expressing some concern mm-hmm. over uh, over the blown call. But uh, what a fantastic uh, defensive yep. uh, series. It, now, the Vikings uh, played a conservative, but Keenum, what is it? He didn't miss a pass in the 15-yard range. No. He had little, little range. He didn't miss a pass all day. And the second uh, half, he was, what, 13-13? Yep. Man. It's, uh, it was a uh, very impressive. And uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I'm never one to do that. No. These guys could be better than 98. That's a piping hot sports take. That is a piping hot sports take. Now, they don't throw the ball down the field and score 40 points like they used to because they don't try. But there's so much better. I think defensively they're so much better than they were in 98 that a case can be made that they're going in, into the playoffs Uh they're going to be going into the playoffs, home field advantage, with with as good a shot to get there as we thought they had in 98. Well, and you look at how well-rounded they are on both sides of the ball, because going into yesterday's game, and I don't know how they stack up after that, but they were in the top five in both offense and defense going into yesterday's ball game. And they, I, I think, and you just said it, that they played a very conservative style in the second half. They could have scored on the end there to make it you know, a larger margin of victory, but... They, all they decided to do was kill the clock with, with five minutes to go. Yeah, they ran, uh, what, they killed the last 458 or something after uh, Atlanta decided uh, not to try to score a touchdown. They well, when thought they Brian, could take the back away, when, and then Brian misses the field. That was huge. And and I think, too, the case in point, Pat, the Kyle Rudolph play towards the end of the game, I think there was three and a half minutes to go somewhere in that neighborhood. He caught that pass in the flat. He could have headed towards out of bounds and picked up five, six more yards, but instead he cut it back inside to make sure he stayed in bounds and cl- kept the clock running. And that's that's awareness that uh, that that shouldn't go unnoticed. Here's another stat that is very un-Viking-like. I can't remember. Uh, even in the Favre years, I don't know if it was this high. Uh, 12 of their last 15 excursions into the red zone have resulted in touchdowns. And what did we rip them about last year more than anything? Couldn't get it in the Couldn't end zone. Get it in the end zone. Ended up kicking field goals, and uh, this year, or missing field goals. <laughs> this year, uh, they uh, they're scoring touchdowns when they have to, and uh, the quarterback is getting a lot of attention. But this is a defensive. This team is winning because of defense, and the offense is good and along for the ride. Right? Yes. I mean, uh, the offense is, they could maybe go out and win a game for you, but they're not, they don't have to. They uh, they uh, actually, I guess, maybe you could make a case that they 
they've won. They've won one game in a semi shootout, right? One one game all year in a semi. Is that the which one are you talking about? The, the, 30. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. That this, this, the identity of this team is absolutely its defense. There's no question about that. And I think the resurgence, too, of the running game these last couple of weeks with Murray and McKinnon, you know, you saw yesterday, it's obviously helped. And Murray, uh, again, we, we, first of all, it was when, when we saw Cook, it was, why did they sign Murray? And then it was when we saw McKinnon for a few weeks. Why are they, you know, why is Murray getting any carries? And now Murray is the guy. Mm -hmm. McKinnon's doing what he did, catch a few passes, run the ball once in a while. But uh, Murray has uh, proved they really haven't been wrong this year on anything, have they? Letting Khalil go. I mean, they the greatest thing. They tried to bring Khalil back, remember? And they didn't want to give him as much money as Carolina, which, uh, doing, which was the, the right decision. Thing that ever happened. Well, yeah, but the original decision, if he'd taken the money, he'd be your left tackle. Instead of Riley Reef. Riley Reef, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, it is uh, it is a well-balanced uh, team. It's 10-2. and two. I think uh, Carolina's not that good. They got big issues. They got drilled by the Saints yesterday. They end up getting swept by the Saints. And they're basically now in a their situation where they pretty much have to win to uh, get a, get themselves a wild card, and stay in a good position for wild card Carolina on Sunday. And if the Vikings go down and win that game, wow! If you go if you go three and zero here with this stretch of games coming out of the uh, the break, the three game road trip, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Because then you come home to play Cincinnati, which yes, is basically eliminated. Yeah, or they will be after tonight. After they if they lose to Pittsburgh tonight, and then you get uh, the Bears and uh, the Packers. Uh, if if the Packers are still alive, uh, Rogers will probably play. But the Packers, I think, would have to be eight and six to play Rogers, wouldn't they? I would believe, and especially if, if Seattle if keeps winning. If they're seven and seven, uh, to take a long shot that you can make it at seven and seven and play Rogers with this defense in a game that's uh, odds are is meaningless. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't either. No, and and especially when not only are you chasing the two teams that currently have wild card spots, but you've also got Atlanta in front of you as well. That's also chasing. Yes. So it'll be interesting if they if they find a way to beat Carolina on Sunday. Holy okay. cow. Judd uh, told us today that uh, I just was reading his piece. I didn't know how the Vikings had the tiebreaker since they don't play each other. Is it conference uh, it's record? It's the uh, strength of schedule because the ah. conference, conference record is the same. Everything's the, uh, the same, but the Vikings' opponents are like 45 the 450 winning percentage and the Eagles are 375. So, oh, okay. Uh, this was uh, really one of the few I thought maybe teams. it was conference because the Eagles' both losses are NFC opponents and the Vikings' one loss was to Pittsburgh. Uh, so maybe that's okay. You're, I don't so strength think the schedule then. He said that. Okay. I don't know. Uh, there's mutual opponents in there too and they're tied for that or something like that. So I, I'm not sure. But anyway, we there's a piece on 1500 ESPN if you want to know how the Vikings have uh, gotten themselves the number one seed. Uh, we'll be back, uh, Johnny Height, and then uh, Chip Scoggins will talk a little college football playoff and other issues. Hey, did you boys see who's available for the Wild? 
No. Buffalo got rid of Matt Molson today. <laughs> Sean Weber. Bring him back. Bring him back. Well, let's do it. Could be that missing sniper that Such wants. He could be our sniper. Although, do we need him anymore? We're hot, baby. Well, we have. We've uh, won uh, two in a row, but uh, we could use a sniper. The last game was only two to one, so uh, get Matt Molson on there. Yeah. Johnny, what do you think? Well, I, I saw that earlier today. Uh-huh. Had the same thought. Mm-hmm. Sarcastically, yeah, I think we went through that once before, and you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe Chris Simon's got some eligibility left. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Johnny, what's up? Hey, Patrick, this update sponsored by Indeed.com. Are you hiring? Join the over three million businesses that use Indeed.com for hiring. Post your next job opening on the world's number one job site, Indeed.com. The new Associated Press Top 25 basketball poll is out, and the Gophers have fallen, of course, after that loss to number 10 Miami. They fell from 12th to 14th. The Gophers one of three Big Ten teams in the Top 25. Michigan State at number 3, Purdue at number 21. Of course, Duke, a unanimous number 1 this week. Uh, next up for the Gophers, a game against the Cornhuskers in Nebraska tomorrow evening. You know what's great about Duke being number one? Hmm. I hope they go unbeaten because when they get beat, it just feels so much better <laughs> when the expectations are through the chart. Undefeated the into the tournament that will oh, be yeah, the first right. to lose to a 16 seed? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Who was it, Lehigh, that beat him as a 15 a couple years ago? Yep. Yep. I've uh, been a big Lehigh fan ever since. <laughs> The twins, CJ McCollum, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Twins have been eliminated from the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. The 23-year-old Otani has a list of teams uh, that he. Uh, Damn owned. it! We should have we should have uh, signed up Nishioka to lobby for us. <laughs> you didn't like our chances, did you? No, I didn't. The uh, teams he's notified he'd be interested in talking with: the Angels, Cubs, Dodgers, Giants, Mariners, Padres, and Rangers. Timberwolves right back at it tonight, coming off that 112-106 to win over the Clippers last night. Wolves are on the road. They'll be in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. I believe the Grizzlies have lost 11 in a row. Ouch. Uh, NFL notes today. The New York Giants cleaning house, firing coach Ben McAdoo and GM Jerry Reese in the midst of their 2-10 and season. Uh, McAdoo told ESPN's uh, Chris Mortensen in a text message this morning he was out after two seasons <laughs> on the job. Do you think he benched Eli just to get mm-hmm. fired? I think the good part is Mort had to tell us that he got a text message from him. Oh, yeah. It's very, they're, they, well, they talk in text more than people mm, yes, know. they do. Giants co-owner John Mara and co-owner Steve Tisch met after yesterday's loss to the uh, Raiders. And again, this morning, they said they decided they couldn't wait any longer. Mara saying, we agreed that wholesale changes need to be made in this organization to get us back to the team we expect to be. The defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnola, will be the interim head coach. Assistant GM Kevin Abrams will be the Giants' interim general manager. Uh, meanwhile, Eli Manning expected to return as their starting quarterback. After a one-week demotion. You don't think Rick Spielman would like to get on that big stage as the GM, do you? Uh Uh-oh. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. (laughs) The Giants host the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. There had been talk. He and Mort text and talk. Oh, they do. They do. They text a lot. Well, Rick's pretty much an open book. Yeah, with the national media. Yes. Treats the locals like scum, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, The NFL suspending New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski one game. Well, that late, gratuitous hit to the head of the Bills <laughs> defensive was, tackle. It was all of those White. things, late and gratuitous. Yeah. And also, oomph. The uh, White was lying face down on the sideline after intercepting a pass when Gronkowski body slammed into him, driving his forearm into White's back and head. Mm. Gronkowski called for unnecessary roughness, but not 
kicked out of the game. I th- I call it the most egregious act by a Patriots tight end ever. Probably. No, except for Aaron Hernandez, well, Pat. Oh, well, yeah, he did kill two people. <laughs> Aside from that. Allegedly? Question mark. He <laughs> killed one. And that's we're right. not sure about the other one. NFL Vice President John Runyon said in his letter to Gronkowski, your actions were not incidental, could have been avoided, and placed the opposing player at risk of serious injury. After the game, Patriots coach Bill Belichick appeared to apologize to Bill's counterpart, Sean McDermott. Gronkowski also apologized, saying he let his frustration get the better of him. Mm-hmm. Did he really apologize sorry. to whoever he might have offended? Yeah. That's my favorite. Line. Yeah. Did okay. you see Belichick uh, talking to McDermott? Have, no. Could, did you read the lips? No. He basically told him as he shook his hand that Gronkowski's hit was BS, but he didn't say BS, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. And right. he Scandalized. Uh, we have to go, John. That's, okay. a, that's, that's enough, enough out of yeah. you. Thank you. We got Chip Scoggins coming. But stick around for another hour. Athletes from all over the country who is here locally should be coming back here. Guys in California, Los Angeles, should be coming here. Why is this not the destination? Why can't it be? That's my job. That's my job to go into those homes. Tell those parents, this is the place you want to send your son. That is Herm Edwards being announced today as the Arizona State uh, football coach. Hasn't uh, coached since 2008 and hasn't been in college since two- 1989. And he had a little trouble with the mascot. Is that right? So this is great. I tried I tried finding this, you guys. But uh, the only thing I could find was written because I'm not able to play videos from here. But he, So he had an exchange between the, the college reporter from the Devil's Digest and Edwards' response. And this is so Herm. Quote, Devil's Digest. I'm Catholic now. I'm Christian. Watch out for them devils. I'm just saying, we're good, brother. We're good. I ain't taking it personal. <laughs> well, maybe he did know it was the devils, but I, I don't know. Herm, uh, Herm is certainly uh, Chip Scott is with us, Star Tribune sports columnist. Herm is uh, definitely the most unusual hire here. And the release they sent out yesterday on the hiring with some gobbledygook from Ray Anderson sounds like Ray wants to have a lot of influence on the football program, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I read, well, I, one, I did watch that video earlier today, and, and it it seemed like Herm didn't know the mascot was the devil, <laughs> just based off his reaction. Uh, and I did read the press release last night, and I had no idea what it was even talking about. Um, it, it used a lot of big words uh, that I didn't understand, and uh, one of Andy, uh, I, I can't remember if it was Adam Redberger, one of the national guys said, you know, quoted their thing, and then said UCLA said yeah we're, we're hiring Chip Kelly <laughs> that, was, that was the extent of their press release but well, it's interesting because I think at the I think at the press conference Pat last week where uh, they announced they're making a change that uh, Anderson said that they wanted to keep both coordinators yes they, and, they're trying to keep all the coaches they're trying to keep the assistants that's that's what they're trying to do and just and okay. just change at the so top, and 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 it sounded like from what I could interpret, Herm's going to be the CEO, and uh, he'd be the guy, the closer that goes in to get recruits. But it sounds like the offensive guy's going to run the offense, and the defensive guy's going to run the defense. Well, 
uh, that, that's something different. That is. Well, they, they, he said it's going to be a formula. That he tried to make it sound like it's an NFL operation, but it's not really because NFL, you know, NFL coaches are either defensive guys or offensive guys and have, generally have a lot of influence in that area. So I, I don't know what. Yeah. I think Ray's, uh, Ray's a little uh, fired up about his own importance is what well, I, that, I Yeah. I, and and he wanted to get back with his his former client friend and yeah I think he in his press release he referred to him as a general manager mm-hmm. and so I just I mean I hope it works because I like Herm but I don't think this is going to work and <laughs> it's I mean, uh, at some point he's got to recruit and, he's going to want to recruit and I would guess maybe the first guy he called was Tony Dungey yeah. you know and because yeah. uh, yeah. he, he Tony was also one of his clients when he was. Uh, you know, he was the agent, uh, Denny Green, uh, Lovey Smith, uh, uh, Herm, uh, Tony Dungy. Uh, yeah. Herm told us that the other day. So all the all the African American coaches, uh, Ray Anderson was their uh, was their uh, basically their agent. And, Your agent. Uh, I think yeah. he'll be a I think he'll be a closer in the living room. But uh, you know, I I don't know about the rest of it. So we'll find. Yeah, out. there's. I mean, just you know that that job has changed so much, and I mean, he hasn't been on the college campus in so long, and. I'm just I'm I'm curious about where like their board of regents or their university president or whoever they the Ray Anderson reports to when he went to them with this idea that okay here's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna hire Herm Edwards he's gonna be and, a general and, manager and, and we're gonna keep it and, and he signed off on it and by the way it's we're gonna spend ten ten million bucks to get rid of the last guy. Yeah, that's I, the other really, part of it. In Arizona State, I don't think it's rolling in dough down there, and they're building. Well, they, no, they're spending like two hundred some million to spruce up Sun Devil Stadium too. So, well, and the thing is too, Pat. I mean, the Pac-12 network is not raking in dough like the SEC no. network and, and the Big Ten. I mean, they're not. It's not anywhere near as successful as as what some of these other uh, networks are bringing in. So, but. Talk about the money. Think about all the buyouts. Oh man! You should add up all the buyouts from all the coaches that were fired this off season. It's got to be what fifty million. Yeah. Hey, uh, Les Miles, you uh, you settled for him at Tennessee? Uh, I would take anybody with a heartbeat just like that. <laughs> uh, anybody with a heartbeat and a whistle. You know what? Uh, it wouldn't be my first choice, but I wouldn't be. Well, it's, it's you know completely opposed. It'd be fun. He'd be a hoot, but uh, um, it's him I, or I T. Martin. It's got to be him or T. Martin at this moment, doesn't it? That's that's my guess. I mean, you know, Les Miles is going to take pretty much any Power Five job. I think at this point, just to get back in the game, and T. Martin would be. I thought it'd be T. As soon as they announced that Phil Former was going to be the AD and, and run the search, it makes the most logical sense, but. You know, there hasn't been anything logical about this whole process in the last week. So, but I, I, I would think T. Martin or or Les is probably going to be the you know the two guys that it'll come down to. Well, how about this one? You got Phil Knight, and you got the other boosters up at Oregon, and uh, Willie Taggart apparently is going to go to Florida State and leave them after one year. Uh, obviously, that's home back down there in Florida. Yeah. But boy, that shocks me that you'd leave Oregon. Yeah, and it's not like Jeff Brown leaving Purdue after one year, right? No. I mean, it's I mean, this is Purdue's not Oregon, and with all the money they have and the built-in advantages and Nike and all that, so um, you know, unless he just doesn't like it or they didn't step up and you know maybe give him a bigger check financially, it's a little surprising that you would leave there after one year. But um, you know that that's still, Oregon's still a pretty high-profile job, and so. Yeah, there's still some, you know, what, what's Arkansas going to do now? Yeah, right. They tried to get Gus Malzahn, and that didn't work, so now they're they're on the 
plan B. I suppose Purdue uh, didn't lose uh, Brom yet, but I got to think there's a couple of more other schools gonna, coming after him. Yeah, that, I, I didn't look to see if, if they stepped up and gave him another year or two of more money after Tennessee flirted with them, or, but they may have to. Um, mm-hmm. Arkansas or someone else comes. That's just sort of the – unfortunately for those schools, that's sort of the way it is, that you find a good coach and someone else plucks them. You have to spend a lot of money to keep them um, or let them go, but um, they may have to give them a, a – you know, another couple years on his contract. I was reading one of the plugged-in guys at uh, Oregon. He thinks they might go for uh, one of the coordinators, either Jim Levitt or uh, Mario Cristobal, who got fired at uh, Florida International after doing okay down there. And it sounds like it might be Cristobal that they're just going to try to, uh, you know, do it with their uh, fancy uniforms and uh, do it from within like uh, they did with Chip Kelly before, so. Yeah, I don't know. It might work. I mean, Mario had a little success. Levin had some success at South Florida, right? Yeah, Before but he's he's, out there. he's supposedly leaving with Taggart, so I don't know. Oh, he's go with him. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Even if even if you're Oregon and you have all the built-in advantages they do, I don't think you can just put anybody in that job and think you're going to succeed. I mean, they took they've taken some steps back here the last couple of years. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, big step backs, and so it's not like that but, thing can just self-sustain it because it's Nike. I mean, you have to have the right coach in there to win. And they're still the best team in Oregon, though. They got that going for them. So. <laughs> that, that, that's true. So uh, these Vikings, uh, it's uh, it's getting serious here now. They win at, uh, at Carolina. They're going to be fourteen and two, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they're pretty darn good. And and someone asked me today if if I think they'll turn into a pumpkin. I don't think so. No, I, I not really with don't. that defense. Um, the difference between them and '98 is they play defense. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and and, and I've said this all along. Even if um, Keenum was not playing at the level that he is now, he's playing at. I mean, you could argue he's at a MVP level, but um, that that defense is going to keep him pretty much every game. I just don't see them getting blown out because I, I think that defense is so good at every level and. And so with that defense and now this offense, I mean, it's the top ten. I don't know if it's top five offense, but it's top ten for sure. And the way Keenan's playing, they're running the ball. I just They're going to be a tough out. And here's the thing, Pat. It, being in that uh, new stadium last home game mm-hmm. and filled against the Rams and how loud it was and the energy in there, I have a hard time seeing them losing at home in the playoff game. I just do. I mean, I think they're – that's going to be such an advantage for that defense with that noise and that building. It, it, it matched the Metrodome, I thought. Yeah, they're going to uh, uh, I've been in there. I'll tell you what, when you tie uh, the Falcons, who uh, thought they were getting good again in knots like they did yesterday, that's that's as impressive a defensive performance as these fellows have had since uh, I don't know when. Maybe well, since uh, it, maybe since Paige Marshall and Eller, Eller were playing. Well, you know what's funny, Pat, is like I was on the beat in 2009, and I thought that was a really good defense. They weren't as good as this. No way. I, I don't think. Um, and they had great players, Jared and Kevin Allen, and, or Kevin Williams, Pat Williams. Uh, but just look at all levels. That defensive line now is really good. Their linebackers are outstanding. And then you have Harrison Smith and Xavier Rosen that are all pros in your back end. They don't have a weakness on that defense, I don't think. Um and even if you thought, you know, okay, we won't go against the roads, well, you know, Trey Waynes is playing pretty darn good, and you got Terrence Newman, and so, and then Zimmer's just obviously with his blitz packages is a really creative mind, and so um, I, I think they're legit. I think it's not 
we're not jumping the gun to say this could be a you know a Super Bowl contending type team. Uh, you are right, sir. Thank you, Chip. Uh, see, run into you this week, sir. See ya. Bye-bye. All right, Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune, a sports columnist. We'll be back with an extremely interesting this day in history. Would you not agree, Reavers? Extremely I, interesting. I think it is extremely interesting. Okay, good. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? December 4th, 1928. Dapper Dan Hogan, uh, a St. Paul saloon keeper and mob boss, uh, was killed on this day, or died on this day, December 4th, 1928, when someone planted a car bomb under the floorboards of his new page, P-A-I-G-E, never heard of it, Coop. Doctors worked all day to save him, but uh, he died around 9 p.m. Apparently, uh, racketeers, police care. Uh, characters and businessmen all showed up at the hospi- hospital to donate blood to to help wow. save Dapper Dan's life, but he did not. He was a pillar of the Twin Cities underworld. His downtown saloon was the Green Lantern, uh, the Green Lantern, and there's still a Green Lantern downtown. Yeah. It's a different building, but. Uh, he catered to bank robbers, bootleggers, safe crackers, and all-around thugs, thugs, and he laundered their money. But he was an expert at diffusing petty arguments to keep uh, these feuds from getting out of hand. Because that's when, then, yeah. And then causing uh, breaks in business. Uh, he tried to keep Minneapolis and St. Paul beca- from becoming as bloody and dangerous as Chicago. Obviously, uh, someone... Uh, didn't agree with his tactics and uh, blew him up. Uh, and that had become sort of the new way to get rid of uh, people. As you, the automobile became more common, they blew him up. You know, and I was wondering, too, because I watched The Godfather over the weekend, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, when did when did car bombing kind of go out of style? I don't know. I don't know. It was still going good in the 30s. Uh, and uh, I know that they blew up a newspaper man and the uh, a guy who put out his own newspaper in the late 30s, I think. They okay. They blew a guy up. Uh, uh, Sid's buddy, Kid Ken, and those guys, I think, blew him up, but uh, they never got charged with it. Anyway, uh, the uh, the car bombing, uh, December 4th, 1928, we lost Dapper Dan Hogan, and it turned out to be quite a uh, funeral, I guess, for him. And uh, Dapper Dan, I, I guess I don't know my... Uh, St. Paul gangster history as well as I should have. Well, when you're when he, nicknamed the Irish Godfather, yeah, he, you know he, you're a big deal. When he deal. pressed his foot to the pedal, the bomb went off, nearly severing his right leg, and he died from blood loss. So uh, uh, December 4th, 1928, Dapper Dan Hogan, the Irish Godfather of St. Paul, gets blowed up and dies. Tell me you will try. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. 
Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay zero dollars. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.